the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be looking at a passage that we have um, become familiar with over the years in many different ways. And we've taught on this from certain perspectives. And I believe that the Spirit, um, as only the Spirit can do, is opening up a, a new dimension of our understanding that is commensurate with where we are in his timing. And that's always an exciting thing. That's one of the things that we've, uh, we've learned as saints, um, that, it's, that the revelation of the Lord, of course, you've got to study to show yourself approved, workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But God's not going to give revelation just because you're studying. He can give you insight. He can, he can teach you. You can set things aside that you've learned, and then you can, you can utilize them as the Spirit brings things to your remembrance. But when it comes to timely revelation for the season, you don't get that just because you're studying. And I know that as a student of the Word. I mean, both of my degrees are in the study of the Scripture. So if there was anybody that, that would want to say, oh, yes, it comes from that, it would be me. And I know, I know what it's like for God to shine his light and breathe an insight out of the word that is exactly what we need for the time and is perfectly in place in a line, line and precept structure. And, you know, God, even the here a little, there littles are, are, are really substantial. And those here a little, there littles are, are always interesting because sometimes somebody will say a thing or there'll be a teaching in the middle of it, something leaps out, and you grab that and you say, that is exactly a, a here a little, there a little thing, you know? And um, it's, it's the way God leads us. So I, I'm grateful that as we've studied this passage and the surrounding passages in 1 Corinthians that God has shown us so many things. And, and as, as we're going to talk about a certain um, theme today, which I believe is timely from the Spirit, it, it stuns me that I never, I never thought of this before. It never even entered into my mind what we're going to talk about today. And I do think that it's because God has prepared us for a release right now. Now, some of you Weisenheimers, you probably have already seen this. So I bless you in that. Save the snide remarks. Uh, that you'll mutter in your head. But um, the, the, this chapter begins by, uh, as, as Robert mentioned earlier, a pneumatikos expression. And Paul says, concerning the pneumatikos, I don't want you to be as those who are uh, uncaring. And, you know, the thing about a pneumatikos understanding, a deep understanding of the things of the Spirit is that there are many people who either don't want to pay the price for it or are just happy in their blessed assurance and they don't want to go any deeper. And they'll blame that on, oh, I don't want to be led astray or, you know, I think that's just weird. I've got to check in my spirit. But basically what they're saying is, I'm happy where I am. Don't mess with me. And Paul says, when it comes to pneumaticus things, I don't want any of you to be straddling the fence. I, I, I want you to be committed and, and then he, he goes on down through, and he, he ends up talking about the fivefold offices. He talks about what our individual gifts are, 
you know, the, the eye and the hand and, you know, the ear. But he talks about the fivefold offices. And what we have talked a lot about is at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, uh, verse 28, God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. And then we talk about what we talked about last week, miracles or dunamis and the, and the grace cures. And, and we say, well, what's missing from that fivefold list? You know, you've got the three, evangelist and pastor are missing. And so evangelist is those two we just talked about. And the pastor is the, uh, the helps, the governments, and the diversities of tongues. The, the helps being to know when to change the hands, to know when to move when God is moving in his way. And the, the governments is that measure of your giftings being developed and put in place. And diversities of tongues is that, is that grace capacity where you are praying in those languages of the Lord for an outward reach. And you say, well, how could you discern between whether that is the pastor or that's the evangelist? Well, I know enough about evangelists and their proclivities that there's no way on God's green earth that the evangelist could be described by those three. Because evangelists are like rangers. They're like strike force people. And they, they love the attack. They love the breakthrough. They, they love that. Sometimes we see people who were evangelists and they start churches because they get tired of being on the road. And um, I don't know how many times we see this in Switzerland and in Europe. Guys will come in. They're evangelists. They build a, a church, and, and it's thriving. And after about two years, they don't know what to do with themselves. They're like David in Jerusalem when kings go forth to war. He starts diddling around, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. And um, that's part of what God said when you're a bloody man. It wasn't just about Uriah the Hittite. It was that David was made as a tabernacle. He was a tabernacle man. He was going forth. You hear Eddie Murray saying that. I'm a tabernacle man. Um, who's Eddie Murray? Uh, he was a hymn writer. Um, but anyway, um, the thing is, is that we saw those. Well, what God really has driven home to me is what is listed in the earlier part of, of 1 Corinthians 12. And you have, we're going to read this, beginning at, at verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernings of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now, all the time that I was growing up in a Pentecostal church, these were the nine. These were the gifts of the spirit. And, you know, we would kind of parse them out because in fairness, speaking of myself, we didn't really understand what they meant. We would say, well, the word of wisdom is somebody giving you counsel. 
or the word of knowledge is you knowing something you didn't know. And now, well, this guy over here, you know, he has a healing ministry, so he must have the gifts of healings. And, you know, we would parse them out. And I'm not saying God didn't use that. I'm not saying there wasn't a modicum of truth in it. But in what we know now, we recognize that this is saying something on another level than what those elementary misunderstandings were. You have the Godhead mentioned here, and it begins by saying the diuresis of charisma, or with grace, and that is by the same Spirit. So the Spirit is moving in grace, which is something we need to really remember. Then you have the, the differences of administrations, diakonia, but the same Lord, which means that when you're moving in grace by the power of the Spirit, the Lord Jesus is with you, and whatever God has given you to be and to do, this is an Adonai kind of a, of, of a, of a parallel, the Lord is moving with you in that way. And then you have this that talks about God. And it says that there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. Operations there is energia, or energio, ener, energenos. And that just means that when you're moving in grace by the Spirit, and you're functioning, standing with the Lord in joint airship with Christ, what God's plan is, is working. The energies of heaven are moving. The energies of the angelic are moving. Your energies are functioning. You are devoting yourself with your might and your strength to what God wants. And that's a beautiful picture. But, you know, this is where we say these are the gifts of the Spirit. Because then it comes down and it says... But the manifestation or the showing forth of the Spirit is to give to every man to profit we're all. And then every one of these, it says, well, not all of them, but most of them, by the same Spirit. And what this is really saying is, if you, if you bring this about, that when you work in partnership with God in His grace, the Spirit of God is going to be guiding you and you're going to be motivated in that partnership with what the Spirit shows you as He guides you into all truth. You're going to be motivated by the Spirit, uh, not by might or by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord, and you shout, grace, grace. Grace is so operative with the Spirit of God. And so when you're, when you're partnering with God and you are, you are in that grace relationship, and God is giving you, either in the Old Testament, tapila, or he's giving you in the New Testament, prosuke, and you're gaining insights and your understanding through the revelation of the Spirit. It is the Spirit of truth that is processing this and teaching you so that you then can apply those things as you're standing with Jesus, walking with him, uh, serving alongside him, doing the work that he's praying for that you will fulfill. And you're glorifying your Father because you're investing all of your energies, all of your strengths into Him. And, and you are, you've died to self, but you're investing in Him. And all the other parts of life are thriving around you. The spirit realm, the angelic, 
the, the place where you have established the cross, your scenario, it's, it's just a wonderful thing. But we say that these are the nine gifts of the Spirit because they are charisma. Now again, back in the 70s when I was first coming into an understanding, the charisma just meant that you spoke in tongues, which wasn't really true either. And a lot of people who spoke in tongues got it once and they whip it out once every month or when, whenever they felt a stirring. And the whole dynamic of what tongues meant was largely lost to the church. You know, people thought, you know, you've heard these sermons. Well, the Spirit prays for things. We don't know how to pray. So that means, you know, I didn't know whether I'd be able to find a parking spot at Christmas time at Town East Mall. But I prayed in the Spirit and it was open. Or we'd say, people, these are sermons. Not about Town East Mall. You can insert any mall. But, you know, that's not really what it meant. And thank God he's led us in some things since then. But when you're moving in grace, grace is the foundation upon which wisdom is built. Because you have to be committed to God. You have to be committed in partnership before him to where he is communing with you. And you are committed to something that he wants to do that's not been done. A new horizon, a new breakthrough. If you're not doing that, then why in the world would God begin to train you to represent his light and to lead you forth in the dynamic of wisdom? You see what I'm saying? Those two are together, and they are inseparable throughout the study of Scripture. You find them together. And so I know that, that this, this understanding of grace, these charisma, are things that God gives us that help us to move forward in grace. They're dispensations. And, you know, there are a lot of them here like faith, which, you know, we live by faith. We, we're saved by faith and by hope and by grace. Um, we're, we're, we, are, we are, um, we're a people who, who are a faith people. So this speaks about a, a gift of faith. Prophecy. You know, we covet to prophesy. We, we learn how to prophesy. But this is different. This is a grace dispensation of prophecy. And we've talked about this before. I'm just resetting the table here for us. But what the Lord really put in my heart that I think I need to declare right now is... You know, we've, we've identified the evangelist and we've identified the pastor. But what about the three that we say are already established? Apostle, prophet, and teacher. Let's align them now, okay? Let's align them. The first is, the first one of these manifestations of the Spirit is a word of wisdom. Not a rhema of wisdom, a logos of wisdom. This clearly aligns itself with the apostolic. Now again, you're basing on grace. The spirit, the spirit is moving into charisma here. So every one of these dimensions of these spiritual capacities are grace capacities. 
Now, why would the apostle be, be wisdom? Because remember, from our study of wisdom, Solomon becoming king, he's going to be establishing the temple. And that's no small thing. What's he asked for? He asked for wisdom and understanding. He asked to know God in that developmental way and for wisdom. And God is so delighted about that. I mean, it's just incredible. And, and he said, because you asked for this so that you can go out and come in, so that you, so what he should have done is send forth tabernacles, which is what he prayed. You should have been sending that out and expanding the kingdom. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you blessing. I'm going to enlarge your heart. I'm going to do all these things. And then when the temple was established, God says, well, let me tell you, this isn't just a place we're going to be doling out wisdom. Let's spend the predominant amount of time here in this dedication talking about supplication and talking about how I'm going to speak into that supplication. And from that, from that base, wisdom is going to come. So anybody who is... Um, Anybody who is going to partner with God in grace, if God is going to give an apostolic commissioning, a true apostolic commissioning, where you are representing some post from God that has not been delivered before, the first thing they're going to be doing is representing wisdom. They're going to represent the three dimensions of wisdom. They're going to represent the fact that, yes, I'm being drawn into the secret place in God, and I'm knowing him. What a treasure that is. Yes, I'm being trained to represent God as a son. And yes, I'm going to be developing and putting forth the mysteries of God, the mysterion of God. And so that is an apostolic description. Without that, why are, why are, why are any of the other gifts there. I mean, really, if you don't have that sense of partnership and direction from the throne and going forth in power, you're just kind of spinning. You, you, may, you may do some good things now and then, but God didn't put us on this earth just to be a, a, a blessing bastion where we just spin around and wait for the trumpet to blow. He wants us to be his army, his sons, the bearers of light. And wisdom and light are basically synonymous. You know, I've been writing and I'm seeing over and over again how that the treasures of darkness are reserved for wisdom and light is going to be shined into them. So that kind of an assignment, a, and it's a logos of wisdom, which means that it is aligned with the eternal purpose of God. That's the first one that the Spirit in, in a grace gift, is releasing. So if you have at the end, if you have the, the evangelist and, and the pastor, well, if the first one is going to be the apostolic. It has to be. What about the second one? A logos of understanding. A logos of, of knowledge by the same spirit. Well, that's the prophetic. Because... And not just from, thus saith the Lord, I say unto you, yea, my people. You know, not just that. What is a real prophet? The spirit of the prophet is following what Jesus did, 
finding what he's calling you to be and dying to every other thing so that you can do that. So if you have a logos of wisdom and an apostolic calling, the next thing you're going to discern from that is a logos of how you're going to commit yourself wholeheartedly to that walk. Makes sense, doesn't it? Well, how do you fit the teacher with the gift of faith? Well, anybody who's uh, uh, and discerning of spirits and um, uh, is, is there too. But let's talk about this. To another faith by the same spirit. Because when you're before the throne of God at the right hand of the throne, that is the place, that is the base where you're being commissioned for certain types of understanding. I don't know how many times after prayer we've emerged with an understanding we didn't have before. It is the base upon which God develops what he wants to teach you. That secret place of thunder. And that aligns itself wonderfully with the teacher and, and the seer. Now, sometimes people get confused and they say, well, the prophet and the seer, you know, um, you know, Samuel was both. Well, the reason Samuel had to be both was because the breakthrough word was rare at that time. Nobody was doing what they were supposed to be doing. Read back. See what God said. There, there were just, Shiloh was craziness. And Samuel, as a little boy, was the only one God was really speaking to, other than Hannah who came but prior to that. The, you know, Eli and Hophni and Phinehas, they weren't, they weren't really doing what they were supposed to be doing. I don't mean to criticize them, but it's just the way it is. And so, um, you know, you, you had, that, you had that, that measure where Samuel had to be both the seer and the prophet. And then when David comes around, you know, they're appointing people to minister in the tabernacle and very clearly the people that were in authority there were seers the bible says that they weren't nathan they weren't any of the prophetic they were just flat seers so those things had to be separated now solomon uh, samuel was both because by necessity it needed to be and and i think too that this business of discerning of spirits really aligns itself more with that list for the pastor because the next two are really pastoral things. And why do I say that? Because what did we say about the, the helps? Discerning when the Spirit is saying move. Discerning what's going on in the Spirit and knowing the timing. And with that, knowing where the enemy is trying to confuse or where there may be a false leading. You know, these things kind of hard to parse out without a chart and everything. But for me, what we needed to say was this. God is releasing in this hour for our calling as saints a heightened measure 
of the Logos of Wisdom. And it is going to earmark in this year of wisdom what our apostolic calling is. And God is going to be releasing by the same spirit of grace, which is what it says there, the charisma. God is going to be releasing prophetic understandings, but also a, a word, a, a logos of prophecy, that people would hear the message and say, I'll give myself for it. I will die to self to embrace this. A new dimension, not, not new, a, a succinct dimension of the prophetic that is going to be prevalent in this year of wisdom as we're partnering with God in grace. And, you know, we need, we need capacities of a... Um, 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 uh, faith that are that are different. We're already receiving this. The insights God is releasing are amazing, beyond beyond the things that we've been able to receive to this point. And it it really is a synergy. Some of the things God's showing now we could not have received unless we first had understood and studied this, understood and studied this, prayed and received impartation in this way. So these things are coming. And, and I, I declare them for us. Now, I remember when um, we first were starting and God opened the door during a particular season for us to have the influence of recognized prophetic groups. And during that time, it was, it was necessary for our development not only to receive that and to honor and acknowledge it, but to learn through it and to be imparted to by it. And so I remember when we first were going to encounter Bishop Hammond's ministry at CI and Bill Lackey and Steve Schultz and, you know, some of the other prophetic ministries were there. I'm grateful for that. I'm very grateful for that. But one of the things that they said to me representing this house, and it's not about me, it's about the calling. It's about the calling. It's what we are was that all five of these offices were somehow functioning here. Now, they, didn't, they weren't teaching the fivefold the way we are, and I, I don't fault them for that. I bless them. I'm not saying anything negative in any way, so don't read into it. But for them, they were saying that each of these were represented here. And then they would say, God's doing a thing, but I don't know really what it is. He's hiding it. But it's something that's very precious in God. It's something he's created that is new, and he's not showing what it is. Both Bishop Hammond and Bill Lackey said that a number of times. And, of course, we didn't know what that meant, but it was very interesting. So at that same time, we were hearing about a, um, a move of God that was happening in Argentina. And um, 
Remember when the Argentinian evangelists and the teachers, they came to the convention center. It was something that um, um, Peter Wagner and his group put together. And so we went down there. And I, I remember hearing some of the teachings, and I was just really trying to glean what God was saying. And there was one time when one of the prophets, I think he was also a pastor, um, was ministering. And he said, I want to pray for people. And so I thought, well, there's a whole lot of people here. There are thousands of people. I, I mean, Lord, can I just stand up here and extend my hands and do that? And God said, no, you go down and get in that line. So I went down and got in the line. And so he's going down through and he's laying hands on people and he's speaking in Spanish and He's speaking in English, and it was really a nice thing. The presence of the Lord was there. Well, when he came to me, and again, I'm talking about our calling. It's not about me. If it could be anybody up here that God chose. He prayed for me, he stepped away, and then he came back, and he said, there's something unusual that I've not seen before that's happening here. He said, all five offices of the fivefold are ministering here. And he said, I see not only for my country, or my continent, but across the world, that you're going to be teaching thousands of pastors and leading them into this new thing that God is doing. And he stepped away and he came back and laid hands on me again. And he said, I receive this from you for my country. And I ask that the strength of the Lord would sustain you and that God would protect you. Well, I'm standing there. I didn't fall out. You know, I didn't feel like I need to do as Fabian said, a courtesy dip or anything. You know, I, it was just the Lord. And I think because I needed to remember that. But now God is opening up that continent. And why I'm saying this is that I think that we have been, we have been privileged to live this in a way that had not been taught, in a way that had not been known, because it's something that God is doing. This calling of the saints, this movement for the end time, is something that's still hidden. And so I'm grateful for, for this. But the, the, the apostolic and the prophetic and the teacher-seer is is identified right here. And so that the progression of the spirit of grace is, is here. And you think about, why did God send Jesus so that grace and truth would come? Why didn't he come so that judgment and burning would come? Why didn't he come so that any of the other dimensions of the seven spirits would come? Well, because God wants partners. Grace. That's what God's wanting in you. People that will offer supplication based upon what he's wanting to do. And what about truth? Well, this spirit guides us into the things that have been hidden that God wants to reveal. That's what Jesus came to give to us. And then when the church was born, well, two things happened. 
the Bible says that God tethemed the fivefold capacities into the church. Then, after Jesus had risen, that's what he tethemed in. So these capacities were made available, and God gave to the church the Holy Ghost, the saintly wind. Now, how in the world their birthday proclamation Somehow the, the identity of what a saint should be has been lost for a decade, for centuries. You know, we've, the, the crazy teachings about holiness that I endured growing up, the lists of do's and don'ts, and that's what holiness is. You know, the Sabbath is holy, so kids can't go out and play. It's craziness. It's craziness. Holiness is a saintly calling. It is that desire to, to, to move on behalf of what God wants done from the foundation of the world, restoring what God wants. That's the root of what that means. That's what God gave to the church. He wants the saints to be functioning in the church. And I want to say another thing prophetically. You know, we have become as you well know, a, a hardcore group of saints. We've had to be that because this is our mission. You know, if, if you, you, you've got to know what God's called you to do and you do it. But what we've got to believe for is the pattern of the church where in the church there are those who love God those who are born again, and the saints. That's what was written. That's what the epistles were addressed to over and over again. So we've got to believe for a great miracle that the general church would embrace within itself the saints and that that would be restored. I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm not damning it. I'm not saying it can't be. But that's what God originally wanted. And that diversities of tongues would be restored to the church. Man, these are miracles. So, you know, we are what we are because we're research and development in this logos of wisdom. We, we are, like in so many ways, what Samuel had to be. A son of grace to reestablish what God wanted when those people came into the land, but, but also to pattern what had not been developed after they came into the land. So we as prophets and teacher-seers, we had to give the, the parat's word. And so we've got to be that. Yeah, I understand as a pastor, I've been around long enough. I was trained in this. I did it for a long time. We lack a lot of general search frills. I don't apologize for that because of what we're called to do. You do it with all your might. And, but I do believe that this is a season where the logos of wisdom by the Spirit of grace, the logos of knowledge by that same oro spirit, Faith by the same Spirit. Um, 
I believe that that, that is in conjunction with the evangelist and in conjunction with the pastor, I believe that that is what God is accentuating in this time. And why in the world I never assigned those, I believe is because it was for this timing. And, and I do believe God is quickening by the Spirit of grace this release a heightened measure of what we're called to do and be. In this year of wisdom, we need this grace capacity of the Logos of wisdom. We need the grace capacity of the Logos of, of prophecy, and we need the grace capacity of the Logos of faith. And well, last week, we focused on the grace remedies and the dunamis. We need those. I don't need to revisit that. Mark said, go back and listen to it. Live it. And we need this, this identity of what the church should really be. We need that. We're going into lots of new churches now, as primarily in, in South America, but lots of other places God's opening. We cannot ask them to be a cookie cutter of what we are. But what we need to do is to sow this calling of the saints and the preponderance of meat that God's given us into them and say, Yes, have your ministries to children. Yes, have your ministries in music. Yes, have your ministries in, in all these other capacities that the general church should have. But at the heart of it, be a people who are praying in diversities of tongues. At the heart of it, be a people who are following the true leading of the Spirit, not just what's popular in the church down the street or what's being taught on TV or on the Internet. Know what God is saying and be that from your own hearth. Be that people who are letting the gifts and the callings of God be developed. And for heaven's sake and for your own, welcome the calling of the pneumatikos and the saints into the midst of who you are. That's what we've got to believe for in this year. Because again, you read it when we taught about the saints. How many of those dozen plus references to the church said that all of these things were functioning within it? Remember? So somehow God's going to do that. He's got to. So I think that's about it. <laughs> Father, we welcome the Logos of wisdom upon our apostolic calling, the Logos of the prophet that will help us in so many ways, the Logos of faith for the teacher, and the evangelistic callings and the pastoral callings. May we represent them according to your mind, Father, the way you think, Father, according to what you prophesied to Adam, what you prophesied to Noah in, in accompaniment with the ark in the sky, the rainbow of the seven spirits, what you said to Joel, and what you proclaimed through Peter, through a prosuke understanding, in Acts 2, 
at the birth of the church. Let the fivefold take on a new height, and may these gifts of grace by your spirit move through us in the ways that you've ordained for the season that's now and that is coming. Thank you for this, Father. And I bless this congregation, and I bless the congregations of the saints. I bless the people who are being called to stand alongside around the world. I bless the gathering of the saints that's going to be here in a little over a month now. Lord, let us be ready. Let us be ready. Guide us in our intercession. As we receive these heightened measures of impartation according to your timetable, let us not miss any of them. Let us, let us treasure them and receive them as the gifts they are from you. Thank you for this, Father. And I bless this congregation. Thank you for the breakthroughs you've given this week. Thank you for the freedom you've given. Thank you for the healings that have been released. Thank you for the provision that's being released. Thank you for the insights that are being released. Shield us, Father, from distractions and urgencies and emergencies. Help us to be what you need us to be, that we would embrace every second, every scintilla of your presence. Let us embrace that. And help us to understand what scintilla means. We thank you for this, Father. And so, Lord, bless us today. Bring us back this afternoon after hours of fellowship with you. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Spirit of God. How wonderful you are to us. Bless your people. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I've kind of got evangelist voice, so it really must be powerful. We'll see you in a little while. God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.